Welcome to the Discover Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Maya Urban, the Urban Healer. I'm a life coach, Reiki master, Akashic Record reader, and registered nurse. I'm here to guide you towards living a life you truly love by learning to downregulate your nervous system, resetting your energy, and reconnecting to your essence. We'll talk about everything from evidence-based neuroscience tools to ancient healing wisdoms and how you can incorporate these in your everyday life heal, expand, and feel joy again. For ways to work with me, visit theurbanhealer.ca. Now let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to the Discover Your Joy podcast. My name is Tamara Urban and I will be your host. For today's episode, I wanted to lean into resilience. So what is resilience? How can you build it? How can you strengthen it? But I also really want to talk about the importance of developing this prior to having to use it. So I think most of us think of resilience as something really bad happens, it throws you off, and then you bounce back and that builds this resilience. But I also want to lean into this concept of what if you build your resilience prior to needing to use it? And not in a expect the worst and you're always ready and you're like super worried and like overprepared and on edge, not in that sort of a way, but in a way of hey, I'm going to cultivate these self-care practices. So then when something really stressful happens, I have these tools and I know how to use them. So then I just use them to downregulate my nervous system and keep myself from spinning. So that's my belief on this. And I am looking forward to telling you more about it. So what is resilience? It is this capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's this ability to spring back into shape and having elasticity. And I feel like that's such a perfect example. And what always pops in my head is, ladies, you know, when you have a hair tie and you put it in and you're trying to get your hair in a ponytail, but then you might grab a hair tie that's like lost its elasticity. So it's like floppy and it doesn't actually hold your hair up. And for me personally, that's like the worst feeling ever just because when my hair is up, I want it up. I don't want it to move. So having resilience is this ability to be elastic. So you get to stay the like good scrunchie that you always want to wear. We want to be the good scrunchie, right? So this, I feel like is also being strengthened by knowing how to continue advancing despite adversity. So how can you stay goal oriented and connected to your vision, continuing to stay productive and continuously take um, inspired action to get to where you want to go, regardless if there's big or small challenges that come up. And like, let's be real, life always throws us curveballs. We can't plan for it. And even if you're someone who's anxious and leaning into the worst case scenario, trying to be prepared, probably what you're thinking won't happen. And there will be a plot twist in some other way that comes in. So then how do you continue living your life? How do you continue building that life that you want and desire? How can you keep moving forwards without like dragging yourself through it, without pushing and forcing and really like making it uncomfortable? And you're going to be uncomfortable, but allowing that discomfort to be with purpose and temporary. So what encompasses resilience? There's cognition. So being up optimistic, motivated, um, having this strong self-belief, having this self-compassion, humor, um, having other coping strategies that allow you to kind of like 
think through it. Then there's environment. So where your social supports, leading into spirituality, trusting in the external environment. And then the last one is behavior. So self-care practices, physical exercise, any sort of um, holistic healing tools and modalities. Now, what are some unhealthy coping mechanisms? And we all have these. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing the work and it doesn't matter how many certifications you have, how many tools you know, how many books you've read, you're going to have unhealthy coping mechanisms. And they're not bad. So I don't think they need to be labeled as something that is bad or like, oh my goodness, you're doing this wrong. You're not going to be perfect all the time, nor are you expected to be. But I think it's important for us to know what these coping mechanisms are, especially for you. So when you hit like not hit when you get into this pattern and you get hit with it that's what I was trying to say then you'll notice that you're like huh what just triggered me what doesn't feel good why am I in this pattern and it's like what do you do do you pick up your phone and start scrolling do you go online and you want to buy something do you go to the kitchen and grab a snack and it's like what's your go-to snack is it something super sweet is it something super crunchy it's like what do you do and again, no judgment. We all do this. We numb, we ignore, we pretend it didn't happen. We push other people away. You might blame yourself. You might wallow in the pain. You might spiral into self-pity. You might be caught in victim mentality. And again, this is not bad. Like humans, humaning is challenging. But then when you do this, it's this little gentle or not so gentle nudge to be like, hey, why are you doing that? Why are you snacking? Why are you getting that extra something from over there? Why are you buying another something? Why are you doing it? And that's just a little reminder of like, what is triggering and what can I do differently to self-soothe? And these are just self-soothing uh, mechanisms. And there's better ways that we can do that. That's going to be more productive. So when you're caught in those patterns, I think the most powerful thing you can do is just stop and just notice. And I mean, I still do this. Like I will very consciously make myself a very unhealthy snack, but I'm just like, Hey, I'm aware that I am self-soothing and I am numbing something out right now. And then I'll do it, but it's a very different energy from being aware that you're doing it and then kind of choosing to do it anyways. Cause I mean, we're not perfect then to just do it and you're caught in it and then you're in this like spiral and you don't even notice and all of a sudden you're like oh my god I just had like entire bag of cookies as opposed to like I'm eating those cookies because I feel like shit and I'm doing it so just food for thought literally <laughs> so why is resilience essential for success in achieving your desires when people are resilient they're just able to adjust better to changes and everything changes that is a consistent truth in absolutely every single person's life. Everything changes all the time. Nothing stays the same or stagnant. And sometimes changes come up that you weren't expecting. And I mean, the pandemic affected absolutely every single person in this world in one shape or form. And nobody saw that coming. No one thought it was going to last as long as it did. And everyone was affected. And that's a change we weren't ever anticipating. And even when it was happening, we were like, oh yeah, no, that's just going to pass. Oh yeah, you know, just like, this is the last lockdown. And that wasn't really the case. And that obviously shifted everyone's life, regardless what you do for a living. So 
being able to develop resilience just allows you to adjust to these changes. So it's almost like, I don't know, you have like a bubble wrap on. So if you get pushed over and you fall over and you hit the ground, you kind of like bounce back easier and it's not as painful and you don't get as many scrapes and bruises. And this is something that's important because being adaptable, it really works well for change and everything is always changing. And that allows you to have a smoother ride, so to speak, with life, because again, you're going to get those curveballs and that is okay. But then that's going to allow your journey to just be easier and smoother. So what are a few science-based strategies to build resilience? And you might not want to use all these. Some of these might be like, oh, that's dumb. I don't like it, which side don't try it before you knock it, because that might be exactly the one you want and need in your life. But know that there's options. So given that we are going to be faced with difficulties, and given that we're humans with our own stories and limiting beliefs and previous experiences, how can you get out of that easier or smoother? And just know that there's options. And I feel like most cultures are like, go, 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 power through. You got to keep on going, you know, like blood, sweat, tears. Yes. Look at me go. Um, you don't get a gold star for more blood, sweat, and tears. You just don't. Sometimes you are going to have to persevere through things that are really uncomfortable. And you might be like, holy fuck, I can't do this. Which I know you can, and you will, and you've gone through challenging times in the past and things that if someone would have told you, like, you're going to go through this, you'd be like, I I would never be able to handle that. And then you're given that and you did. So that's resilience. And that makes you a stronger person. And that I think really builds your character because then it will really determine how you move forward. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is changing the narrative. When something bad happens to us, we repeat that event over and over again in our heads, and that's called rumination. And this is also linked to the negativity bias, where our brain will actually remember the bad more than the good. This was super important in terms of evolution, where it's like, you needed to know what animals could eat you and your family. You needed to know what was poisonous. You couldn't eat it. You needed to know that and almost be more apprehensive of the world, because if you're too like calm and too um, trusting, something bad could actually happen, which could actually kill you. But then nowadays, it's like, if that extra email came in, you're not going to die. If your boss is upset with you, you're not going to die. If you're thinking, I don't know, you posted something on social media and not enough people liked it, you're not going to die. But we really hold on to those negative thoughts and beliefs and think of it like something bad happening sticks to your brain like Velcro. And it's just your nervous system is trying to keep you safe, assuming that everything out there is bad and dangerous. So not ideal because most things out there aren't and our brains and our nervous systems haven't evolved fast enough with how quickly our lives have changed in terms of like, you're not going to go forage for food and there's no like bear out there that's going to eat you. So our brain unfortunately hasn't evolved to be able to notice that change. And then in terms of the good, the good doesn't stick as much. So you actually have to hear something positive significantly more times 
afford to actually stick. So that's like a stick of butter in a hot pan. It just, you know, glides right off. And again, that's just humaning. But then once you know that it's like, how can you reprogram your mind and use it to the best of your ability? So it doesn't hold you back. So know that when we're able to change the narrative, you just make a tiny shift of that didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And it's not getting caught in this victim mentality of like this happened and then this happened and this happened and this happened. Everyone has that. We've all had things happen that were not okay, super painful, super traumatic, but then you do need to move forward. So what if you viewed everything in your environment and your experiences in your past as just feedback? If nothing is a failure, it's just feedback. And if you had a bad experience, and I'm not downplaying your experience just for the record, but if you had a bad experience, you might just be like, interesting. So next time I'm going to choose differently. Interesting. What can I learn from this? And again, it regardless what has happened to you in the past, there's something you can learn. And that sometimes requires a therapist or a coach to really untangle from what has happened and to see it from a different angle. And this isn't a toxic positivity, like everything's perfect, like namaste, yay. No, 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 Honor what has happened to you, process that, grieve that, be angry, feel it, release it. But then it's like, how can you move forward? Because if you continuously repeat it in your head, your mind and body are actually thinking it's happening over and over and over again. And it's like, why would we want to do that to ourselves? And have compassion for your nervous system. Your nervous system is trying to keep you safe. So things like, oh, if we repeat this in our head, it's never going to happen again. So I want to make sure that it doesn't. But then really, because you're thinking about it, whether it's in your conscious or subconscious mind, you're having the neurological responses as if it was actually happening. Your mind and body can't tell the difference. So it's like, if you're having an anxiety attack, whether the thing that you're anxious about is actually happening or you're just thinking about it, you're having a very real manifestation of that in your body. So it is in our best interest to notice that and take our power back and just change the narrative. And I mean, this is easier said than done. It's like, oh yeah, here you go. You changed it. Everything's good. No, sometimes this takes time. And sometimes there's a few extra steps in the processing, but know that there is at least an option. And you can always be the hero. You don't have to be the victim. Even though something bad has happened and you have been victimized, you can now become the hero. You are the writer of your story. And the stories we have in our heads, which we think are truth, are literally stories we made up. And you can have two people that have had the same thing happen to them and they have a very different interpretation of what that means. And it can be like, this is a really horrible thing that has happened and I'll be okay. Or, oh my God, this really horrible thing happened and it happened and it happened and it happened and it happened. And then it's like, you're just caught in that loop. And so when you build resilience, you're able to come out of the loop faster. And it's not like pretending the thing didn't happen, but you're just like, this happened and I'm okay. And it's not happening right now. And I learned a lot and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. So 
one thing I would maybe recommend is have an opportunity to just free write. And I mean, pen to paper, even if nothing's coming out, just try. And it doesn't need to be pretty. It doesn't need to make sense. Just write. And when you're writing, you're allowing some of those thoughts and the energy behind the thoughts to get onto the paper, as opposed to being caught spinning in your head. And then just sit with, what can I learn from this? How can this improve me as a person? And don't get caught in this person did that, and this is what happened, and this is what it means, and da 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 da. da. That's not going to get you anywhere. So just try and be open to maybe seeing it from a different angle. And again, this might be something you need to do with someone. So know that it can be a bit of a tricky thing to do if you're trying to process something really big. The next thing is to face your fears. When you face your fears, you break through the belief in the story that you have created about that fear and you realize how strong you are. And this can be done in multiple ways. So it's like NLP, hypnosis, working with a therapist or a coach, doing um, systemic desensitization. You can show yourself that you can do it. And this is like layers. You don't just go from not being or being totally scared to not being scared at all. There's layers to that. And there's layers of the processing and there's layers of the releasing and healing. But when you face your fear, you realize maybe there wasn't as much to fear and that you are okay and that you can do hard things because you can do hard things. You've done hard things. You've done things you didn't think you were capable of and you did. So this ability, this process of having a supporter therapy really allows you to then notice that it's not as scary and it literally shows your mind that you didn't die. And it's like, it's okay. It's okay. And it's like, think of it as, let's say you're a super young kid and you got bit by a dog and then now you're scared of dogs. Every dog's not going to bite you. And you need to show your nervous system that that's, that's okay. And that allows you to not live in fear. And I feel like, and this might be an unpopular belief. And again, take this with a grain of salt. Having aggressive trigger warnings absolutely everywhere almost makes people a little bit more sensitive and fragile. And that being said, there's some, like, we need trigger warnings. Absolutely. Because sometimes I'm even on social media and I'm just like, what the holy crap? Wow. That was an intense statement or intense picture. And absolutely. But if we avoid all triggers, you're not giving your nervous system an opportunity to process it and release it and move to the other side. And again, please take this with a grain of salt. Not everything can be dealt with, with exposure. And that would need to be done with a trained practitioner that knows how to hold space for trauma and also down-regulate your nervous system afterwards. So that is something you can consider. If there is something that you're really, really scared of, baby steps and just slowly show your mind and body that you're okay. The next is practicing self-compassion and oh my gosh, I just love compassion. It's so incredible when you take a moment to have compassion for yourself and your experience. And this allows you to know you're not alone, know that other people feel this way as well. And also allow you to feel 
Because sometimes we get triggered or something happens and we immediately are like, okay, well, I got to be good now. We've got to be good. Everything's good. Keep going. That's not how your nervous system works. You need to have the opportunity to process and actually release what you're feeling. So you can't like half rip off the bandaid and then put it back on and then half rip it off, but then you're scared about ripping it off, but then somehow it's getting stickier and it's even harder. You just need to like do the thing, but also have compassion to the fact that it's going to be uncomfortable and maybe that was not ideal. So when you're able to practice this self-compassion, you're able to be gentler with yourself and your experience and also reframe. One thing that I always recommend for my clients, if they're having a hard time being self-compassionate or they're having a hard time to drop the self-criticism is would you say what you're saying to yourself to a child? Would you say that to your best friend or someone you like deeply care about? No. And also a lot of our traumas come from when we were younger, when we were incapable to logically think through certain things. So some of your limiting beliefs, well, a lot of them come from the time of under seven. And that means that you're being triggered as like that three-year-old. So then now your adult self is like, get over it. You're fine. Why are you being like this? Da, 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 da. But imagine you're now talking to that three-year-old version of yourself. Like you wouldn't say that. And you also wouldn't expect a child to be able to just get over it. Like you would want to comfort them. You would want to hold them. You want to let them know they're okay. And this is a beautiful technique of reparenting and having compassion. And it's like so easy for us to get into that spiral of like, oh, look at what you just did. You always do that. You always get yourself into this situation. You're such an idiot. Oh my goodness. Of course this happened. And then the like, no, no, I no. How about it's okay for you to be upset? How about you're allowed to have a pity party? Don't stay at the pity party because that's not a fun party, but have the pity party. Maybe even put on a timer, but like, I'm just going to, you know, be sad now. And like, I do this where I'm just like, okay, that sucked. I'm going to go cry and I'm going to sulk. I'm going to mope. I'm going to have a cookie. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to like do something about this and like move forward. And when you're able to do this self-compassion practice, especially on a regular basis, you're taking these little tiny steps that will consistently add up to something much, much bigger. And then this allows you to feel okay. And this allows you to know everything's going to be fine. Even when the world is falling apart, you're going to be like, okay, this sucks. I feel like garbage. I don't like this. There's big emotions and I'm going to be okay. So sometimes you just need to take a moment and be mindful, see the pain, see the stress, see that limiting beliefs, see that trigger, and then see that as something outside of you. You are not the anger. You are not the sadness. You are not the disappointment. And again, whatever has happened to you doesn't determine your worth or your value as a person. So then just notice it and see it, and then maybe even call it something, this anxiety, this anxiety this anxiety. And this actually 
reframes it in your mind as well, being like, oh, I'm not anxiety. I'm experiencing anxiety and it's not comfortable. Got it. Okay. And then it's like, you have a moment of compassion of like, well, this happened. So of course you're feeling this way and that's okay. Cause other people would feel that way too. Hmm. Okay. And then at least it takes away one layer of heaviness where you're not being so ruthless and like self-critical. And it's like, you don't want something bad to happen. And then you get the mean girls attacking you. Like, that's just like, come on, really? Don't be the mean girl or the mean guy. Please don't be, be kind to yourself, process it, feel it. And I promise you, you moving through an emotion, regardless how big and ugly it is, actually feels better and is significantly more productive than you like kind of sort of feeling it and then going back and then kind of sort of feeling it and then going back. It's just like, just feel it, just feel right through it. Let it come out of you, let it go. And then you're good. Okay. Like this is a super gross example, but I'm a nurse still. So this is how I think. If you're vomiting, you're not going to swallow that. You're just going to puke it out. Totally. Like, ew, that's so gross. Why would you do that? Well, that's like self-compassion. Have, have the moment, release that emotion, and then be kind to yourself and then carry on. Sorry if that offended anybody. <laughs> that is how I think. I have super weird metaphors. And when you're done doing it, just repeat after yourself of, I accept myself as I am. I give myself permission to feel. And this is something you can do while tapping. So if you've ever tried EFT tapping, this is a beautiful way of practicing self-compassion and actually letting it go so that extra energy can be released and you can feel so much better. The next thing is meditation. Now I will say, again, this might be an unpopular opinion. There's times you should not meditate. There are people who will not enjoy and benefit from regular meditation. So know that meditation isn't sitting in silence, cross-legged, and just like having this moment of bliss. Meditation can also be you going for a walk outside. It can be having a guided meditation, but it doesn't need to be like calming necessarily. It can just be like invigorating, can be opening. And know that sometimes if your mind is in a spiral, for you to sit and notice and lean into that almost adds more fuel to the fire, but in a bad way. So sometimes meditation isn't the right answer. Sometimes that's that's something that you can do later when you process a little bit. Because if you're in a really big spiral and you don't have these self-care tools figured out and you're still caught in being really self-critical, you sitting with that isn't going to process anything. It's just going to make it worse. It's almost like, yeah, told you so. Look, you failed again. You did it wrong. See, it always happens like that. And then if you're just repeating that, like you're just strengthening that neural pathway of negativity. And we don't want that. We want to strengthen the other neural pathway, the one that takes more time to strengthen of like, and it's okay. I fucked up and it's okay. I made a really bad decision and it's okay. So with meditation, when you are at the point, 
I think it's a beautiful way of strengthening mindfulness and being able to stay in the moment. And there are really incredible meditations out there that will guide you through that. And if you're at the point where you can meditate on your own, beautiful, that's amazing. Don't forget to use it. But like you want to start the meditation process and learning how to meditate before things are really hard and challenging. Because then it's like your your nervous system so overactivated that sitting in stillness won't feel good. And I mean, I did this and it was super uncomfortable. I started meditating when I hit rock bottom and like something within me was like, you need to sit in your shit and literally like move through it. You cannot run away and be busy and numb it and ignore it. It's like, you got to sit in it but it was so uncomfortable. And I really wish I just started my meditation practice when things were okay. And it was so interesting because like back in the day, I only went to yoga when life got really hard. And then when life got better, I stopped going to yoga. Well, how about you go to yoga all the time? How about you meditate every single day? And then when things happen, you just continue doing the yoga and meditation, maybe do a little more of it. And then it allows you to get through it with more ease and grace. And with meditation, I, I always say this, so make sure you do a little bit every single day. And that's the same with like, if you're going to go to the gym, doing a small amount consistently adds up to way more than you doing a huge chunk once or twice. And it's like with your mindfulness muscle, you have to do it consistently. You just do with absolutely anything in your healing journey. You can't just do it once and it's done. And if you're looking for that magic pill, that like one time, like therapy of like, ta-da, here we go. That's usually not how it works. You need to reprogram and move through decades worth of flawed beliefs and stories and labels and ways of being that aren't serving you. So it's like, you do need to do it on a regular basis and just start small. And I mean, what I, I really, really love, and I think this is something that most of us do enjoy as like our first meditation, because it's easier doing a body scan. And this also just fosters your mind body connection. And it allows you to notice this thing that's attached to your head, it's the body, it's yours. And it's like, we get so detached and so busy and so caught in our head that we don't even notice. And like, I know back in the day, I would like hurt myself and not even notice that I'm bleeding because I'm just like so caught in my head and so into the rushing and the going and the doing. So start with just noticing the body. And it's like, bring your awareness down to the feet. You got feet. That's amazing. And like your feet touching the ground, one, miracle. Two, it's grounding. You noticing your legs and just like tensing those big muscles and then activating that release moves this relaxation through the body. Noticing your breath. Like, are you breathing like super shallow up in the upper chest? That's just activating your, your sympathetic nervous system. Take a couple deep belly breaths. That will allow you to begin to relax and soften. It literally tells your mind, hey, we're okay. Everything's okay. So when you're doing that, you're connecting the mind and the body. 
And you're also building the resilience because if you don't know how to breathe when things are okay, when things get really hard, you're you're not going to be taking that deep breath. And it's like something so simple can make such a profound difference. And I think that's what we sometimes forget about of like building resilience. It's like, it doesn't need to be something extreme. It can be like, hey, I breathe every day and now I'm going to learn how to breathe deeper. I'm going to extend my exhales. I'm going to make some sound when I exhale. I'm going to sigh it out because that is a way of building resilience. Truly. So it's like we overcomplicate it. So just do the little simple things, do them consistently. And then when things get funny in life or another F word, you don't get as rattled. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed in my journey when I knew like, oh crap, I'm like, I've progressed where something would happen and I'd be like, wow, I'm upset, but I'm not like spiraling. I'm just like uncomfortable, but okay with the discomfort. And I'm also aware where my mind is going. And I'm also aware that there's certain patterns I want to relive because that's what I usually do, but I'm not doing it because I have the conscious awareness because I didn't fully shut off my logical mind because I built that resilience that I was able to self-soothe and manage whatever's happening. And it's like, if any of you have been following me for a super long time, this makes me laugh. Um, my kitchen floor in my Toronto condo has made a lot of appearances <laughs> on my Instagram. And that is like my safe, happy place. And I don't need it as much anymore because I can go to my safe, happy place without having to do that. Do I still use it from time to time? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's not my go-to anymore. So meditate, please do. And if you struggle with meditation, send me an email or a DM. I would love to help you. There's so many ways to meditate. So if you've tried it and you're like, that doesn't work for me, you just haven't found the right one. And there's so many amazing apps out there. It, you just need to find the right one. It's like when people are like, I don't, I don't like yoga. I'm like, well, have you, have you tried all types of yoga or did you just try that hot yoga once and you didn't like the teacher? Like that's not, that's not the only way you can enjoy yoga. There's other types of yoga. So be open-minded. Next thing is cultivating forgiveness. So if you hold a grudge, whether it's towards yourself or somebody else, you're literally just marinating in poison. Like that is such bad energy, but like it can actually cause like physiological problems in your life. Like you having resentment and bitterness and anger like it, it's been linked to having cardiovascular problems, like actually, like not, you know, energetically, you're like, oh, my heart is heavy. No, no, no. You can actually develop cardiovascular problems. And that's like, that, that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> you don't want that. So holding on to any sort of anger and resentment, especially towards yourself is not going to build resilience. But you practicing the compassion and leaning into forgiveness creates so much extra space. And just imagine 
if you have a pot with boiling hot water and it is on high and it's just bubbling, 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 and then life happens and there's some more water added to the pot, you're going to boil over. But if you're leaning into forgiveness, you're turning down the heat and you're also pouring out some of the water. So then when life is happening and you get that extra bit of hot water put into your pot, it's okay. It's manageable. And honestly, whatever you are still holding on to in terms of things that have happened to you in your past of like, I should know better. I should have done this differently. Having that regret, it's not serving you. What if you did the absolute best you could in that moment with the tools you had with the resili resilience, sorry, with the resources you had available because you didn't have the resilience just yet. Like, what if you literally just did the best you could and that's all you had in that moment? Like, how can you hold on to any sort of anger or resentment with that in mind? And we've all done things when you're like cringing and like oh god why did I do that that was oh that was not a good idea but would you repeat that right here like right here right now probably not you'd be like oh god no god no no would never do that again well then it looks like you learned something and you built resilience and let's move forward perfect and we make it simpler and just know that this is beyond just like forgetting again bad things happen to good people and it's not fair and there's things that were out of your control and things that really affected your life and what life feels like for you now but holding on to that negative energy is not going to get you anywhere so you can't just ignore it you can't sprinkle it with being too positive you have to process it. And again, you got to do that with somebody usually until you really learn how to do it for yourself. But please let go of that heaviness. Please look at it as this opportunity for growth and just acknowledging that in the future, things will be different and that you did the best you could. And often when we do have things happen to us that are not ideal, and you have the anger and that bitterness and resentment and all that towards somebody, that usually still comes back to us and having that anger, bitterness, resentment of, but I let that happen to me. And when I leaned into that self-forgiveness, things really shifted. And this is uncomfortable. So again, you might want to do this with somebody and know that it is scary. But when I realize that, that I am blaming myself and then I'm holding on to the res this resentment, which is then just hurting me even more. And then realizing that I can give myself permission to forgive. And that creates space, space to move forward, space to call in better feelings, energies, all that. And that you're in control of that, that's empowering. So please lean, lean into that. The next thing is to be connected. So it is important for us to have a social network. 
And especially, and again, I can only relate to women. So I'm sorry if you're a man listening to this, but thank you for being here. Women live longer when they have strong connections with other women. And it's like almost like women coming together in groups is like dangerous because we get too powerful, <laughs> which is great. So make time for women in your life. And it's like, doesn't matter how busy your job is. Doesn't matter how many children you have, fur babies, this, that, and the other. Make time for these connections. And put in the effort to strengthen these connections. And put yourself out there to make new friends. Sometimes you do outgrow your people. And sometimes your friends might be going through things and they're not as available but then make new friends. And I, I hear this so often of like, it's so hard to make friends. No, it's not. Drop that belief. Like that is a belief that you're holding on to. That is not true. I've made friends in every single job I've ever had. And in all parts of my, like my aging spectrum, <laughs> weird way of saying it, but you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm in my mid thirties. And I've made some incredible friends over the last like one or two years. And that doesn't matter if there was a pandemic, it doesn't matter that I work from home alone. And the only other being in my home is my dog, who's my best friend. Thank you. But I still made friends, but I put it out there and I put it out there to the universe. And I also, I engage with people when I'm in places, I don't hold back. Like I will be the weird one who smiles at you. I will be the one who comes up to you and says like, Hey, I really love that outfit. Where'd you get it from? I will be the person who goes to events alone. Even if I don't know anybody, like just do it, just put yourself out there. And it's like, what are some of your hobbies? Whatever you like to do, there's another person out there who likes doing it as well. So consistently put yourself into those situations and being able to do that builds resilience, but it also makes you feel really connected. So then when things get difficult in life, you have people to call. And even if they're unavailable because your phone is on silent, you know, they're there. And energetically, it's like when you have this incredible group of people around you, they like feel when things are off. And the same way you might feel when some of your friends are a bit off and they need a little like hello or a little nudge. So build these connections. And again, don't make excuses. I don't care how old you are. And I, I'm sorry, I don't care what high school was like for you. You're a grown ass human at this point. And there are people out there who will like you and will be friends with you, but you got to reach out. And it's like, I've made some incredible friends on social media by like either somebody sliding into my DMs or I'm sliding into someone else's DMs and they're like, hey, you're pretty cool. Do you want to grab a coffee? You can do that. <laughs> it's fine. And like, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe I just asked you that. Like, oh, that, that was so weird. Uh, why? I loved it. That was so flattering. And I think you're pretty cool too. Let's go for coffee. And it's just like, it's so, it's so funny how you can meet people. And like the thing that pops in my head, one of my girlfriends, um, I met her because her mom followed me on Instagram and her mom introduced um, her to my Instagram. And then she started following me. And then it turned out that we 
went to some similar places downtown. And then one day she was like, Hey, I see you go to this gym that I sometimes go to. We should go to the same class together. Awesome. Let's do that. And then we did. And then we started working out together. And then we started grabbing coffee together. And then we decided to go for dinner together. And then I moved three hours outside of Toronto because she moved there and she was like, Hey, you should live here. Cause I think it'd be cool. And I was like, Hey, sure. Why not? Oh, fun. And all because some weird way the universe connected us on Instagram and she decided to slide in my DMs and be like, Hey, how's it going? Great. Let's hang out. It can be that easy. So please drop that story. And it builds resilience and it's fun. And the next thing I'm going to talk about is make every single day meaningful. Gratitude is so powerful. And gratitude is a way you can actually interrupt your neural pathway of feeling fear, anger, resentment, anxiety. You can't have an anxious spiral if you're focusing on something that's good. And like, you could literally be spiraling because you got triggered really hard and be like hyperventilating and crying. And you could literally be repeating to yourself, but I didn't die. And side note, I've done that, like literally have done that, but I'm like, but I didn't die. But whatever happened to me was horrible, but I didn't die. And I'm right here. And that's something to be grateful for, or I'm grateful for my kitchen floor because I have a kitchen floor and it's so comforting. I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for this cup of coffee. Like there's so many things to be grateful for. And when you lean into gratitude, you start seeing all the good in your life. And the more you see the good that's in your life already, the more you notice the other good, it becomes magnetic. And it's like glass is half full or half empty. And it's like, the more you notice, the more the universe is going to give you because the universe is going to be like, oh, finally, she's appreciating. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Let me give you more because you're actually appreciating. And then the more you notice the good, you'll be able to anchor into that when something bad happens and you're not going to prevent, prevent the bad, like life is life, but you will be programmed and guess more drawn to the good. And you'll be reminded that even though something bad is happening, there's still things to be grateful for. So when you do that and you take an opportunity to do it daily and make every single be meaningful, it really gives you the sense of accomplishment and purpose and the sense of appreciation for life because life is a miracle. Like it's kind of wild that our bodies do all the things they do to keep us alive and we don't even like say thank you for your heart beating. Like, whoa, <laughs> seriously. And just even us being wherever we are, surrounded by whoever we are and like how we've chosen life and where we ended up and the experiences we've had and like the twists and turns of like how you became to be who you are. Like, it's just, that's such a miracle. Like there's so many options and possibilities. So the fact that you exist is pretty cool. I'm just saying. So practice this ability to lean into the good and practice the self-care and doing things that you love and enjoy. Cause then again, this is making life meaningful and it gives you purpose and it strengthens the gratitude which makes you more grateful, which connects you to other people, which builds the resilience. And it just feels better. 
So the last thing that I'm going to share is get uncomfortable in controlled situations. And one of the easiest things that I would think you, I would invite you to try is doing cold exposure therapy. So whether you're sitting in an ice tub, whether you are taking a super cold shower, side note, an ice tub is actually easier than the cold shower. I don't know why, but it just is. But when you put yourself into situations of being uncomfortable and you allow that like stress response to get activated, but then controlling your breath and controlling your thoughts and staying in it and doing something really challenging, you're literally showing your mind, I am a boss. I can do anything. I can handle discomfort and difficulties and I'm going to be okay. And that really strengthens resilience. And again, you got to do that before things are really challenging. So then when things get challenging, it doesn't feel as challenging because you've already trained for this marathon and you've done it consistently. So that's my food for thought on resilience. And know that you are resilient because you are here and you are breathing and you've taken time to listen to this podcast. Thank you. Which means you are committed to your healing. You're committed to your path. You're committed to achieving the things that you desire. That makes you resilient. There's a lot of people who aren't leaning into self-care and self-development and putting themselves into uncomfortable situations to continue to grow and expand and release what doesn't serve them and to reprogram their mind and break those limiting beliefs and those patterns. A lot of people go through life without even knowing that that's an option or having the drive to do something different, but you're here. You're listening to this again. Thank you. I appreciate you, but you're listening to this and you're doing the work. This is the work. If you don't, lean into these opportunities. You might not know what resilience is. You might not know how to build it. You might not even know why it's important. And then you're expanding yourself. So you are resilient. You are powerful. You are a miracle. And there's so many incredible things coming your way. So do these practices consistently and know you can handle it all because you have you are here. You made it. All right. Thank you for listening. Let's take a nice big breath in together because this was a longer podcast than I thought it would be. So again, thank you for being here. <laughs> big breath in, gently hold. Sigh it out, make sound, release. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I look forward to connecting with you again 